There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. Today's show is all about filling your buck tag. Today's show is all about filling your buck tag in the opening days of bow season. I guess I have a reputation for a few things. Being a hunting mentor and and probably a hero to Mark Kenyon is definitely one of them. Hunting over water is another one. And of course, killing bucks in September. This might seem like I've got some crazy strategy to make it happen right away, but really, it's mostly for my own sanity being a born and raised Minnesota hunter. I'll get to that in this podcast. But the reality is that in a state where you've got a mid-September-ish opener, you've got a hell of a chance to kill a good buck right away. In fact, it might be the easiest time to kill a big one until it suddenly isn't. And this this advice in this podcast, it doesn't just apply to the folks who live in states that have a mid-September opener. This applies to opening week just about anywhere you hunt. For a lot of us, it's finally here, the bow opener. Mid-September is the official kickoff for a pile of whitetail states in the Midwest and the East. And that means it's time to get out there. After all, you've put in a pile of work this summer, and now you might as well go enjoy the fruits of your labor. This, in my opinion, is probably a better time to kill a buck for most of us than any other time of the season, including the rut. Now, I know that comes with a whole shitload of qualifiers, of course, but I'll get to them. But right now, let me explain how I've come to this conclusion. I've mentioned in the intro here that I'm a born and raised Minnesotan. And what we've got here is a lot of great fishing and some okay deer hunting. We've also got one of the earliest gun seasons in the country, which means that if you want to bow hunt the rut, you might be out of luck. As someone who has pretty much always bow hunted either public land or private land through permission, the gun season has always represented a big old pause button to my season. Almost worse than having half of a million gun hunters out there on the first weekend of November 
is that the influx of guys getting the itch to hang stands and get into the woods to mess around starts a few weeks earlier. This reality has conditioned me to try to kill a buck in September and then move on to other states with more enjoyable season structures. And it's worked well most years. In fact, if I think back along the last seven seasons, I've killed home state bucks during opening week five times. A couple of them were on opening day. Now that might not be appealing to someone who has a whole season to hunt and a good place to do it on. But if you're out there on pressured ground, wrapping up the whole thing early isn't a bad thing. But before we consider the factors working against you on this, let's talk about the good news. For starters, the deer haven't been hunted by humans for like nine months. That matters. On a lot of ground, it seems like by the end of the first week, you're going to be back to deer that know exactly what is going on. But during that first week, or at least opening weekend, it can have you dealing with deer that aren't exactly on their A game yet. If you need all the help you can get, like I often do, take that as a blessing. You've also got the hope of a buck sticking to his summer pattern. This is a huge maybe in my experience. For example, in 2019, I set up on opening night over an alfalfa field that was a hot destination for several bucks. I knew from summer scouting that I had the chance to run into quite a few of them and figured that my odds of killing one were as good as they'd be all season. Not only did I see a really solid buck that stayed out of range, but I had a familiar eight-pointer step out at 20 yards to feed. That eight-pointer went 143 inches, and he was a victim of predictability. It was also just a gift that none of the other hunters on the farm went in and messed up his pattern before opening night. Now, if there's one thing I know about pressure ground, it's that you don't get lucky twice in a row doing the same thing. I tried it anyway, because the trail camera images on the trail that Big 8 took were so encouraging the following season. Several bucks used it right up until the 2020 season, right, right before it was just about to open. That's when I got a video of another hunter and his daughter walking in with Motley Crue blasting on his phone. Shout at the devil if you're curious. She pointed out my camera and they were just starting to talk about whose it might be when the clip ended. He hung a camera there anyway and he put those deer totally down. He even went so far as to sit my stance without asking me, which is always a nice surprise to figure out later in the season. Anyway, that summer pattern died before the season even opened up. And I have to guess it was mostly due to the immediate preseason pressure from that hair metal fan, probably some other people too. You just can't count on a summer pattern lasting until mid-September, but you should try. You should try it if you live in a state like Illinois or Iowa or somewhere else where you might have an October opener. You should try. That bean field stand you hung in the summer, you might catch your target buck munching away opening night before he gets clued into the season. But what you got to be careful with here is hunting a spot you've been fantasizing about for months when the conditions aren't right. This is a lesson in discipline, and it's not easy. If you think the bachelor group, now hard antlered, is going to pop out in that back corner of the field, it is so difficult not to go there on opening night. But going to your number one spot when the wind is wrong is a bad idea. It's also a lesson every deer hunter learns the hard way at least once in a while. When this is the case in my world, I sometimes play defense and stay back to glass, or I just go to plan B or C or D or whatever. I think one of the main problems a lot of hunters have is they can't say no to the easy setup or the setup that they really want to sit, but messing up a great spot with impatience is always a disaster. It's also really easy to talk yourself into doing just that. So let's say you're a public land hunter. 
Your reasoning will be that someone is going to go in there and booger the deer anyway, so why not have it be you? Well, maybe, because that's not a guarantee. But what is, is that if you hunt the spot the wrong way or at the wrong time, you'll definitely negatively impact it. This is why in the earlier episodes of this podcast, I preached about having multiple good options. That big Minnesota buck I aired in 2019, he was in a spot that was my last choice for opening night. Other hunters, both small game and deer hunters, along with a straight south wind, had me running low on spots, but I wasn't out of good spots, which is important. I had one place to go that was set up specifically for a south wind, and I thought from the trucks parked where they were and the other hunter activity that no one had probably messed with those deer in the alfalfa corner. They hadn't, and it worked out. But if I had had fewer options, I would have either decided to go mobile or I would have settled for a spot that I probably shouldn't have hunted. According to dead too soon musician Tom Petty, the waiting is the hardest part. For deer hunters, that's true. Waiting for a spot to be right is important, and it can feel like a lost cause when you think you're the only responsible hunter in the woods, but you don't really have much choice in the matter. It's also important to trust your spidey senses on opening weekend. This is where things get tricky because you've been running cameras and you've been glassing. This means you've got weeks or months of intel showing you where the bucks are. But what if you're walking out to your go-to stand and you cross a pounded trail? Or you find an oak tree dropping nutty goodness by the ton, which is a real possibility this year. Or an apple tree. Or you just hit a saturation point with a sign that you cannot ignore, like a spot that boasts several visible fresh rubs. Or maybe a few September scrapes all concentrated in one little area. Hunt there. Forget about that spot that had all the deer somewhat consistent throughout the summer. Fall is a time of transition in the woods, and there is nothing better than sign that shows you where the bucks are right now. This happened to me in 2018 after I drove from Nebraska to southeastern Minnesota for opening day. Nebraska had kicked my ass and nearly melted me in my blast furnace tent. And when I got to Minnesota, the weather was just as hot and miserable. I figured a stand I had on a soybean edge was going to be the ticket. But on the way there, I noticed how browsed down some of the alfalfa was. It was also littered with deer droppings. I had a stand there as well, but I hated it because it's only like 250 yards from a road. I don't like when traffic can see the deer I'm hunting, and I don't like sitting there watching people creeping down the road in their pickup trucks. So I tried to talk myself into walking on, but I had hung that stand for a reason. And I couldn't shake it. And after what probably looked like a crazy man acting out a courtroom scene where I deliberated the pros and cons of abandoning a good plan over the sign I was on, I climbed into that stand and decided to give it a shot. The wind was right, and the deer were clearly on that green field, which is often a solid choice when it's really hot. And long before first light, two bucks stepped out, with the bigger a solid eight-pointer with a cool dropper over his right eye. I had him photographed and back to the truck before full darkness set in and the hordes of mosquitoes washed over the land. Now understand that all of this summer scouting and work you've put in might have to be pushed aside in respect to fresh intel. This is the key to a lot of hunters' whitetail success because they know how to quickly change gears when new data becomes available. In fact, this might be just a single rub in September, which, by the way, means a lot to yours truly. I like rubs all season, but the first ones I find always tell me that bucks are close. If I find one opening weekend or on opening week, I tend to give its location some serious consideration. 
A buck that makes a rub on a field edge on September 14th is probably living close by. And if he makes a rub in the woods at that time, then I know I really want to hunt there. Now, for you later opener hunters, this might not be as as important. If you can't start till October, there's probably going to be more sign out there. So your standard for a good concentration of sign might be a little bit different than mid-September. And you guys might also be thinking, why the hell did you tell me to do so much scouting and stand prep work all summer long if you were just going to go full ADHD on me and just start hunting fresh sign the moment the bow season kicks in? Well, that's a fair question, my friends. All of that work that you did, it was the best you could do in the off season. And it might put you right on top of a buck that is on a summertime pattern right now. Or it might put you on a buck that is already staging in the timber and moving his way toward being more nocturnal due to the added presence of people in the woods. That happens, and it's an important thing to set up for. But it doesn't negate the fact that no matter how much work you put in, there might be something going on that you didn't plan for. Or maybe you couldn't hang stands before the season because you don't own any. Or you're a public land hunter who can't get them up before the season. Or maybe... I'm just trying to condition you to think about how mobile you might need to be no matter what type of situation you hunt. Take that gimme field edge stand you've been thinking about for two months. What if you go in to hunt that target buck you've given some cute nickname to and he doesn't show up where he's supposed to? But instead, down the wood line, a new buck pops out. And while he's not your guy, he's good enough. Do you come back and ride out the target buck program? Or do you go in the next night, conditions permitting, and set up where the new buck was. That's up to you, of course, but I know what I'd do. I go to that buck because he's there and he's huntable now. He's shown you recent movement and given you something to work with. Those bachelor groups from the summer, some of those bucks might be three miles away now. Others might just be hard-antlered and shy and not willing to go fill their bellies in broad daylight. Any deer that is good enough for you, that does show you a willingness to put himself in danger, is the one you should be hunting for right now. You should also be thinking about mornings. In one of our past episodes, I begged you to think about early season mornings and setting up for them if at all possible. That new buck that catches your eye? Where did he enter the field? Where did he go to when he did? Where did he likely come from? Is there a way to get on him going back in the morning? The key to most of this stuff is to think about what's going to happen next. That buck might come out again tomorrow night in the field, or he might not. If he doesn't, why not? What happened and how do you reset on him? While a lot of good hunters disagree with me on this, I think a pretty aggressive strategy for early season whitetails is generally the right call. It might not be necessary for the hunter who has a private spot and three weeks to hunt during the rut, but for a lot of us, getting on the deer that will work with us right now is important. Waiting for the rut can be an option, but it's also the strategy that most folks rely on. If you're a public land hunter, remember that because it could come back to bite you right on your camo-covered ass. Work with what you've got now. Think about the food that might put a buck in front of you, but also the travel routes they'll take to get to the food and back to bed from it. If you see something actionable from one of your preset stands, use that. If not, keep hunting, keep looking. Now, this can seem overwhelming, but I look at it this way. The deer are out there. They're bedding, they're moving around, they're eating every day. Where they do those things is up to you to discover and then fine-tune. It's not easy, but there are some early season factors working in your favor. Oftentimes, you get some rain to work with, which is a gift. Deer move in the rain a lot. 
Hunters don't like hunting in the rain a lot. See where this is going? You also have a ton of cover to work with. Standing corn can be your ticket to accessing stand sites that will totally leave you exposed later in the season. In fact, a few years ago, I used this strategy to arrow a nine-pointer on the second morning of the Minnesota season. I knew the field the bucks were feeding in and the potential route they'd take to get back to bed. I also knew it would be a long, hot, miserable walk through standing corn to get there in the dark. And it was. But I also saw several does and then arrowed a solid deer at 10 in the morning as he worked his way back to bed in mid-September. When it comes to opening week, whether that starts on September 1st or sometime in October for your given state, use what you can to your advantage. Instead of focusing on the negatives we hear so much about, focus on the positives. So what if your target buck moved on? Someone new will take his place. You can't hunt mornings because you're not supposed to. Prove those folks wrong by outworking them and outthinking the deer. And even if you hunt pressured deer, they couldn't have possibly been pressured too much in the last nine months. So what? Rain is forecasted. It's transition time. And you've got a good chance, as any right now, to make it happen. So get out there and make it happen. And if you don't, that's okay. You'll find out why in the next episodes. But as for now, really think about executing your opening week plan. Stick to it unless the deer or the sign shows you something that demands an in-the-moment pivot. This is what you've been working for, and it's a great opportunity if you blend that discipline with a little freelance hunting. That's it for this week, my whitetail-loving friends. I'm Tony Peterson, and this has been the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. Be sure to check out our Wired to Hunt YouTube channel and visit TheMeatEater.com Wired for more deer hunting tips, tricks, tactics, and strategies. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.